Good morning, my name is Stephen Capaldo and it is uh, Saturday, February 26, 2022. And uh, I said, uh, I did a message a couple of days ago, uh, it was on Russia and Ukraine, and I said that you wouldn't be here in a while. Well, I decided to do one more message before, now I think you won't hear from me for a while, but I decided to speak uh, today because uh, of certain things that are happening uh, very quickly on this, uh, in this situation regarding the, the UN and uh, Russia and Ukraine. So, um, I decided to uh, speak about this and know people make of it what they make of it. Uh, yesterday, Friday the 25th, there was a, an emergency session of the UN Security Council to discuss uh, a resolution that the, the Western countries basically proposed, a motion that they proposed, calling on Russia to withdraw completely from Ukraine. Now, the way the Security Council is structured, there are 15 members and uh, five of them are permanent members, uh, US, UK, France, Russia, China. And any one of those five permanent members, if they vote no on something, it doesn't pass, even if there is a majority of the 15 who wanted it. And uh, presumably this is what happened yesterday, is there were a majority of the, um, of the 15 that wanted this, this resolution to go through, calling on Russia to withdraw completely from uh, Ukraine. Uh, there were some countries besides Russia who um, did not want this resolution, and obviously Russia uh, Russia vetoed it. They used, the, they used their uh, legitimate right to veto the resolution, so the resolution did not pass. But uh, what I thought was significant is, is I, I went through, I, I was able, just it's public information, I didn't have to go anywhere uh, special or, you know, uh, sketchy, you know, to get it, the public information I received. Uh, an English language version of the statement that was made yesterday in that meeting by the um, Russian ambassador to the uh, to the United Nations. Uh, so I'd like to go through it um, and you know talk about it a little bit and uh, try to make the point that I'm not I'm not for one country against another country. I'm for trying to seek truth and find out what's really going on. And that's what I encourage people to try to, to, to do is to, you know, do you read, do you believe everything you see or you read, uh, you know, in, in the mainstream media and, um, you know, because you get into this situation where if one side says something, it's okay, it's good, we believe it. The other side says something and it's propaganda. So, you know, really, I think that we have to get out of that and really try to see what's, uh, what's really going on. And is it really more than just a political or military or diplomatic struggle? Is it even a spiritual struggle? And so I'm going to go through this speech and explain, uh, you know, it's given by a diplomat, and, uh, but I'll try to explain a little bit the way, the way I understand some of the things that are, that are going on in this speech. So it's called an explanation of votes. So it's basically why did Russia vote against this resolution to, that Russia should withdraw from Ukraine. So it's from the 25th of February yesterday, so it's, it's recent. And it's uh, colleagues, uh, Russia voted against the anti-Russian and anti-Ukrainian draft resolution that was put forward to the Security Council today. I think I don't have to explain why it is anti-Russian. Suffice it to look briefly at it. But why anti-Ukraine? Because this document, without any doubt, contradicts the fundamental interests of the Ukrainian people as it seeks to protect and secure in Ukraine the system of power that brought the country to this tragedy that has lasted for at least eight years already. We thank those who chose to not support this draft, 
and I will not respond to those who just accuse Russia of abusing its veto right, uh, which legitimately one of the five permanences, uh, permanent members, any one of the five permanent members, as I explained, has the right to veto uh, or say no to a resolution. Um, the, uh, the, the, the thing here is, what he, he makes the point, why is it anti-Ukrainian? Well, uh, you, you have to look at what's going on. I mean, what, what type of government is there in Ukraine right now? And what's the policy of that government? What's the policy of the U.S.? What's the policy of Western uh, countries? It's one thing to say, oh, there was an invasion or there's an operation or whatever you want to call it. I mean, you know, people generally don't think an invasion is a good thing, but you have to think a little more deeply than that. You know, more deeply than generally politicians and diplomats and media think. And why is there this type of uh, situation, invasion, operation, whatever you want to call it? Why is it going on? Uh, if you look at, at what's going on behind the scenes, then at least you can understand why it's going on and maybe uh, see, you know, if the operation is successfully concluded, could some good come of it? It's not a question of being for or against uh, this country or that country. It's a, it's a question of, you know, what does God want from this situation? And God can use anybody. You know, he, he doesn't have to use the most righteous person to pursue something that is righteous. I, I think you have to judge that for yourself. Uh, if you don't believe in the Almighty Creator, I understand that. You won't consider what I have to say. I, under, I understand that, and I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. You have free will. Do what you, do what you uh, need to do. I'm not angry at anybody. But if you do believe in the Almighty Creator, what are His purposes here? And so I'll just go through this a little bit more and, uh, you know, try to... Uh, explain some things and maybe clarify some things, maybe even for myself as well, but for, for people listening. The main reason why we, Russia, voted no is not what the draft resolution says, but rather what it lacks. If only its sponsors had at least tried to make it vaguely resemble a well-balanced document, they would not have left behind issues that must not be forgotten in the context of Ukraine's problem. In particular, they left behind, they they ignored, basically. The story how the Maidan junta that rose to power after the unconstitutional coup d'etat in Kiev in 2014 waged war on the people of eastern Ukraine, firing at residential quarters from guns and multiple rocket launchers and airdropping bombs on Donetsk and Lugansk. Uh, the Maidan junta, and that thing you should, uh, you should really look up, and he's going to explain, but the, uh, the, the Maidanists, or the people who participated in that junta and, and basically got overthrew the, the, the government, which, which was in favor of cooperation uh, with Russia at the time. It was uh, uh, Yanukovych, I think his name was. Uh, the, they overthrew the government. And, and in this group of people, there, well, there's a lot of foreign influence. There's a lot of, you know, these uh, uh, Western intelligence agencies involved and uh, 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 Kazarian mafia, the KM involved, and um, a lot of foreign NGOs and, and, and a lot of the neo-Nazis, uh, neo-Nazi, neo-fascist groups that uh, really uh, seem to be glorifying Hitler. And I think that if, if people rush to the defense of the Ukrainian people, that's fine to defend the Ukrainian people, but also be very careful who's ruling over the Ukrainian people. And especially you'd want to think about that, and he, he doesn't get into the Jewish question, this uh, ambassador, but uh, if you are of a Jewish background, what, what are the possible implications if you are ruled over by people that uh, profess this type of ideology, far-right, you know, ultra-nationalist, um, 
you know, fascist ideology. So it's it's a serious uh, it's a serious thing. It's all well and good to say that you're you're in favor of the people. Who's who, who's not in favor of the people? But what's being done to the people and by whom? By whom inside the country, and by whom outside the country? Now these three areas, uh, Crimea. Well, they by by referendum they decided to vote. Uh, you know, to join the Russian Federation. That was a while ago. That was like eight years ago. And now you've got basically the region called Donbass, which is Donetsk and Ludansk, and these are the main uh, Russian-speaking areas. So that's part of the part of the equation is to protect those areas as Russian-speaking areas, to give them some type of autonomy or give them some opportunity to, you know, to cross over the line in the Russian, to the Russian Federation if they, if they want to do that. Uh, and then part of it is just how do you liberate all of them? The, the, the Eastern Russian people and the Western Ukrainian people. How do you liberate all of them from this uh, government that seems to become, uh, have become just, uh, uh, you know, a, a, like a dumping ground for uh, uh, corrupt politicians to make money? Uh, that, that's the way it looks. That, that's the way it looks. And um, you can say what you want about uh, Putin and what he's doing, what his motivations are. I, I don't know him. I, I can't say that he's a good man, he's a godly man. I, I can't say any of that. I can't say, you know, what he does to, to his opposition, how he treats them. I can't talk about his private life or his health or his wealth. People say a lot of things about a lot of people. But as I said before, it is possible that even the less righteous can be used for more righteous purposes. So I, I, I would consider that. I would think about that very, very uh, clearly. And then it's not, it's not to favor one country or another. It's to favor what does God want from this situation. Or if you don't believe in, even if you don't believe in God, what does fate want of this situation? You know, whatever. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm totally convinced that the Almighty Creator is at work in some way here to do something, to prove something, to show something. So uh, he's talking about the bombs, dropping bombs on Donetsk and Lugansk. They left behind, they left behind, they ignored is what he means. They, they ignored how Ukrainian authorities with connivance of their Western sponsors cynically and consistently evaded or avoided implementing the Minsk agreements, which were peace agreements for Russia and Ukraine, which envisaged as a core element direct dialogue with the people of Donbass, the Eastern Russian territory. At the same time, punitive squads deployed on the Ukrainian side of the contact line, representing radical and neo-Nazi battalions in the first place, systematically and on a daily basis bombarded residential areas of the DPR and LPR, killing women, children, and elderly people. By the way, this still continues even today, four people died at the hands of the Ukrainian military. How can we not mention ghastly crimes committed by Ukrainian Nazis in the course of the past eight years, or people who protested against Maidan and were burnt alive in Odessa, or shooting up of peaceful protesters on Maidan Square by unidentified snipers? The Maidan regime deliberately wore out investigations of both those tragedies. They kind of let them lapse. In the meantime, those who are guilty of the Odessa tragedy are well known and do not seem to be hiding. Alternative investigations and confessions of the snipers themselves unequivocally confirm that the onslaught on the Square of Independence, Maidan, resulted from a provocation by the leaders of Maidan. Uh, now, all of this, you, you have to check it out for yourself. I mean, you see all kinds of images on both sides of this issue. You, ha you have to check it out for yourself. Check out Maidan. Check out who, who, these, uh, who these people are. Uh, um, you know, and, and what they've been doing for, for, a, long, for a long time now. Uh, don't take my word for it. Check it out for yourselves and, and look at different sources, evaluate different sources. And I'll give you an example of it in a, in a minute when we, when we get there. Last year, we, Russia, uh, hosted informal Security Council meetings under 
a special format. It's called the Faria Formula. To discuss both those episodes and give our colleagues in the council more information on that matter. But in response, we had best heard some cliches about Russian propaganda. How can there be a resolution on Ukraine that does not mention what I just referred to, meaning Maidan? Also, it would be good to include in this draft resolution a fair assessment of the role that our Western colleagues played in fueling the Ukrainian crisis. And, and this is where it gets very, very touchy. You know, people don't want to admit that maybe there has been behind-the-scenes foreign influence into this whole situation that has has kind of uh, stoked it or fueled it, like you said, or, you know, it kind of uh, promoted it. They not only stood behind the Maidan coup, coup, but in fact gave carte blanche to Kiev for any acts and steps that are unthinkable to any civilized state. Those acts include flagrant discrimination against the Russian language and therefore Russian-speaking people, glorification of Hitler's accomplices coupled with a ban on paying tribute to the real heroes of Ukraine who liberated it from Nazism, and also um, causing religious uh, schism or divide in Ukraine. Um, while you were telling tales about a triumph of democracy in Ukraine, the Maidan authorities and nationalists killed political opponents with impunity, persecuted the opposition, shut down opposition TV channels, six of them during President Zelensky's uh, tenure, where one could get relatively objective information. Can you forget how you pumped Ukraine up with weapons that later were used to kill civilians in Donbass? Now, you have to check all this out. I mean, this is, this is what he's presenting. And, you know, what, what is Russia doing and what is the government of Ukraine doing? And you have to check it out, right? I mean, is this simply a political battle or is there a spiritual battle? And it's really time to forget about all this kind of wishy-washy, uh, you know, politics and diplomacy that don't get anywhere. Basically, um, above and beyond any of that, somebody is evil here. Now, is it the Russian invasion or operation or whatever? Is that evil? Or is the treatment of, uh, by the government of Ukraine of its people, is that evil? Now, which one is evil? Uh, I think really it's time you know, people have to just make up their minds. that it's, 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 it's much more than just words on a page. It's just much, much more than a diplomat's speech. Is that it is, it is something spiritual. You made Ukraine a pawn in your geopolitical games, not in the least degree did you care for the interests of the Ukrainian people. And so you see people demonstrating in favor of U Ukraine, but what, what, are they, what are they in favor of? I mean, are they in favor of, you know, keeping the government as it is, or are they in favor of the people? What are they in favor of? You, you don't 